Welcome to Language Chats. This is a podcast for language lovers in Australia and beyond, where we share our experiences of language learning with you, as well as the stories of other Australians and a few international guests who love learning, working with, and communicating using other languages. I'm Beck. And I'm Penny, and we are here with you for another episode of Language Chats. And in this episode, we're talking about our favourite books, our favourite reads, all about language and a little bit about travel as well, Beck. <laughs> yes, and sometimes the two combined because they do go very well together, language they and do, travel. They do, they yes. do. My favourite yes. my favorite genre. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would be, Penny, I can imagine that. And I feel like you probably, like me, um, may have quite a few bookshelves uh, at home or Kindle bookshelves? Do you still call I it that know, if it's Kindle? I know. Or like, Kindle, sorry, Kindle. I mean, like a like an ebook, like a long, long list of books. Yeah, some of which are not read, which is like a real physical bookshelf, I suppose. Mm, yes, actually, true. Because in fairness, I do have many books still sitting on my bedside table, which I feel like have been there for a bit too long now. But that's okay. It just means that there's always more to read. That's right. <laughs> we will never run out. We'll never run out. Exactly. We'll never run out of content. Wasn't it fun preparing for this episode? I can't wait I to hear what's what's on your little list, Beck. I know. Well, so I'm I'm not really an ebook user for the most part. I am still like a paper physical books kind of person still um and I have a literal stack of books on on my desk next to me so um so I can see them all here right now um nice little pile um lots of different colors in there actually Ooh. you know I quite enjoy actually seeing them all together oh you'll have you know, to take lovely. a photo so we I can will, share it I, will I will yeah, lovely, lovely little stack of books all with funky colours and um, interesting titles. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to share some of them with you. Well, let's kick it off. What's on the top of your pile? Well, on the top of my list actually is a book that was written by somebody that we have interviewed on the podcast. <gasps> oh, I know. And it is Because Internet by Gretchen McCulloch. Um, because Internet, Understanding How Language is Changing. Um, I loved this book. I would highly recommend it. I'm not just saying this because we have interviewed Gretchen before. Um, we will put the link in the show notes to um, to that episode where we spoke with Gretchen and um, Gretchen McCulloch and Lauren Gorn, who are the hosts of the Lingthusiasm podcast. But Gretchen yeah, wrote this book a couple of years ago um, and I'll read you out the blurb because I feel like this is a good good summary. Yes. Because internet is for anyone who's ever puzzled over how to punctuate a text message or wondered where memes come from. It's the perfect book for understanding how the internet is changing the English language, why that's a good thing, and what our online interactions reveal about who we are. Love it. So Love it. it has, yeah, so fun. It is a New York Times top 10 bestseller. Um, but it's a, for anybody who is interested in language and probably this is also a great gift book, like for somebody who's not necessarily like deeply into languages, but if they use the internet, which is everybody, then they'll probably still find this, um, interesting. It has chapters in it, like emoji and other internet gestures, um, memes and internet culture, informal writing, uh, internet people. So like, Really cool, interesting stuff about the way that the internet has changed how we communicate with each other. Um, and yeah, that is not just even the words, but also things like emoji. So 
really, really cool, very interesting book. Highly recommend. Oh, fantastic. What mm. a way to kick us off, Beck. Yeah. Penny, what's on the top of your pile? Either literal well, or, or figurative pile. <laughs> I'm just going to go with something that's jumping out of me. I don't have mine in any particular order, but it's very different to Because Internet. But um, a really fun series of books that I have read. I haven't read all of them, but by an author called Laura Bradbury, who is Canadian. And she writes in it's fiction, very, I would say, very lighthearted, fun fiction, but mm-hmm. all about her life going back to when she first takes a gap year to France. So back when she's, oh, amazing. I think, maybe 17 or 18. And then it's, there's a whole series of books, you know, My Grape Year, they're called The Grape Series. My Grape okay. Quebec, My Grape Christmas, My Grape Paris, Wedding, Escape, Village, Cellar. And um, it's not giving anything away, but she ends up marrying a guy that she is friends with when she goes to France on her gap year. And then he moves to Canada and then they move to France and they have kids and they, you know, they're winemaking family and it's, it's just it's just really, really fun. And like she says on her website, I don't mean to brag, but readers who start my series tend to get hooked. All the books in the series have been bestsellers and readers tell me that reading them is like taking a vacation. Oh, wow. And I couldn't agree more, particularly because a lot of her reflection and stuff, you know, in the in the books is about her studies at school, at the university, learning French, navigating different cultural things in France, you know, language and, and social social differences, and that's that's really cool. So that sounds fun. Awesome. I guess a summer, a summer read. If we yes, call it. it sounds like it sounds like a good holiday read. Yes, yes, yeah, nice, light-hearted. And sorry, the grape series, grape as in G R A P E. That's right, grape. Yes, okay, <laughs> grape like wine. Oui. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Okay, yep, definitely one to bookmark for the next holiday. I'll just add in another because I'm on like this roll with these French, <laughs> yeah, French themed. Yeah, go on. <laughs> um. But years ago, and probably you may have read this too, Beck, and some people listening probably may have read it as well, but a book that I read years ago when it first came out was called Almost French by Sarah Turnbull, a an Aussie woman. Yes, who, I have read this one too many yeah, years ago, but I do remember reading it and loving it. It's a great book, and even though it's you know probably a couple of decades almost old, at least at least fifteen years, maybe I if I could so. say, yeah, it's still it's still really awesome. And she also has written a follow up um, book about her and her family's time in French Polynesia as well, called All Good Things. So that is worth seeking out as well. Very nice. I remember in that book actually the one the one thing that I remember really distinctly was reading a passage. I hope I'm remembering this correctly. <laughs> They're reading a passage about her going to the baker's like to to get baguettes and she's like in her tracksuit pants and Ugg boots or something. Yeah and and, and, and said- like her yeah <laughs> But but this is not nice for the boulangerie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not nice for the baker that you would dress like that. It's like, oh, what? come on. <laughs> Says the Australians who live in their live in their tracksuit pants, and especially in the last two years. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> great book though. Yes, completely agree on that one. Really enjoyed Almost French when I read it. 
Yeah, so check out her her other one as well because it's like a different part of the world. Awesome mm. to read more about. Wonderful. That part of the world. Cool. Um, the next two on my pile are actually two books that we have mentioned on this podcast before, um, but I am they are worthy of mentioning again. So I'm going to bring them up. And that is two books by Gaston Doran, um, Lingo and Babel. Yay. Two both fantastic books for anybody who is interested in languages. You're probably getting the sense that I read a lot of nonfiction. I do. Um, <laughs> and Lingo and Babel are both great, um, not very long books um, that look at languages in a kind of condensed way. So um, Lingo, the first book, is subtitled A Language Spotter's Guide to Europe Um, and it's actually a book that every chapter is about a different language in Europe and kind of gives you a uh, a bit of a like snapshot of that Mm. language maybe not the whole language really more like a a little snapshot into something that makes that language interesting Um, and then Babel is about the 20 most spoken languages in the world so each chapter is about one of those languages also very very good um but yeah I reckon I have recommended those two books to everybody I know for about the last five years and I'll continue to do it here on a podcast with good reason because (laughs) Lingo by Gaston Doran is sitting right in front of me as well Uh oh you know a couple of years ago you recommended this to me Beck, and it's just it's such a great like book to dip in and out of and it's you know can I say like it's not difficult either yes which is really nice especially yeah, if you just want a little a little taste you exactly. don't need to feel like it's going to be heavy and of course you have recommended Babel to me and I haven't read it yet but I have been meaning to lend it to you for about the last two years so next time we see each other in Good. person Penny, okay. I will have to lend okay. you my coffee <laughs> yep. okay good reason to catch up <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> Now, what about a different part of the world to France? Because I feel like you would have so many books for all different kinds of parts of the world too. I know. And in different languages. There's there's a couple of books that I've read um, about China and about people's experience with Chinese, um, which have been really awesome for me. One um, is by a famous, well, I don't know if she is actually that famous, but I think she's pretty famous, British chef called Fuchsia Dunlop. And she writes um, in her book called Shark's Fin and Sichuan Pepper, a sweet, sour memoir of eating in China, about her time when she moved to Sichuan province in the 90s to study Chinese cooking. And I think, you know, for so many reasons this book was amazing because it was about her real life experience. It was um, an era of China which was, um, you know, a good 15, 16 years before I went there for the first time. So, you know, a very different place. Um, Not only was she learning and communicating with Mandarin Chinese, but she also learnt Sichuanese as well. And she was there studying like, you know, culinary. She was in culinary school and 
just learning about the different ways of cooking and the rules and the ingredients and some of the crazy stuff that goes into Chinese cooking. (laughs) Uh, It's really awesome. I think if you're interested in food, China, Asia in general, I would really recommend it. And she also has some cookbooks as well, of course, but this is an actual Mm -hmm. memoir. Yeah, did that did that inspire you when you read it at the time to to study Chinese further? Um, yes, it did, and it, it I think it really kind of ins- you know brought it home that people out there doing amazing things in language, following their passion. That's maybe you know a, a different field. So you know, cooking, for example. Um, yeah, it's just a nice reminder that, you know, people are achieving all these amazing things um, that we don't always hear about, but, yeah, really cool. Absolutely. And also a nice reminder too that, like, language can be a part of other things that you are passionate about. Exactly. Um, I mean, food, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast probably enjoy the cuisines of uh, places where the, a language is spoken that they are learning or that they have learnt in the past um, and all of those things really are intertwined but that's a really nice example to show that, yeah, that they are all connected, everything's connected. Yeah, mm. big Amazing. time. Love that. There's a um, another book that I really loved. I read it a few years ago now but um, also based on um, an American, I think, woman who went to China she's a linguist and she went you know to learn Chinese but also just to you know experience China and understand more and um, that book is called Dreaming in Chinese and Discovering What Makes a Billion People Tick by Deborah Fellows. Um, So again you know if you're interested in in China and, and Chinese and just in Asia in general really from a linguist point of view, um, a really fascinating book as well, especially reading as a Chinese learner. Amazing. Sounds good. All things I have to add to my list. Um, And, of course, just a reminder for everybody, we will put the titles of all of these books in the show notes so they are at easy access for you later. What else is in that pile, Beck? I wish I could see it from here. Um, (laughs) I promise I will take a photo and I will share it with <laughs> you all later. Um, so I have, well, the next two that are on my pile are both actually Penguin Classics. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least these are books that have now become Penguin Classics. Um, so the first one is a Bill Bryson book. Anyone out there who loves Bill Bryson? I love Bill Bryson. Yeah. I do enjoy his, I've always enjoyed his style of writing. And I feel like also I am quite late to the Bill Bryson like world um I know he's been around for just forever and um I know that so Chris my husband really enjoyed reading Bill Bryson books actually as a like kind of as a teenager like as a younger person and um I I find his his style is very kind of conversational like it's quite relaxed um but really engaging like yeah. the kind of story, you know, like like somebody's telling you a story about their travels and you, you want to hear all of these details because they're so interesting. Anyway, so obviously he wrote all of these travel, all of these travel related books, all these different places that he went to, um, the journeys and stuff. Um, but he has also written a book called Mother Tongue. 
and it is all about English, actually. It's kind of a, well, again, the blurb. I'll give you the blurb because I feel like they can do a much better of describe do a much better job of describing this than I can. Bill Bryson's mother tongue is a hymn to the English language. In examining how a second-rate mongrel tongue came to be the undisputed language of the globe. Bryson explores English from America to Australia and looks at, among other things, swearing, spelling, spoonerisms, and scrabble. No self-respecting English speaker should open his mouth without reading it. (laughs) So it is all about English, English in its different forms, English in all of the different places that it's spoken, how it varies, but in a really, yeah, really conversational kind of way, Um, again, not at all heavy, a really fun take on the English language. So, yes, for all English speakers and probably for those who have learnt English, um, you may find this is a really good read. Oh, that sounds good. Yes. And then the other Penguin, the other Penguin classic book that I have is How Language Works by David Crystal. Now, this is David Crystal, love of my life. <laughs> love all of his books, have so many of them. Um, so, David Crystal, for, for those of you out there who don't know who David Crystal, he is quite an elderly gentleman now um but he has written many many very interesting books on language <laughs> I know I'm starting I'm blushing I'm blushing um <laughs> but How Language Works is probably the closest book to a like like something it was it's like reading a textbook actually like it's the most kind of academic read I reckon I have read in the last like five years um, having said that, it is not so like it's been published as a Penguin classic, right? It's not a, when I say it's academic, it isn't actually a textbook, but it is quite referency. So because it's, it's very thorough, it really is about how language works and it is written by an academic, albeit an academic who's actually quite good at writing books that are very accessible for the wider community. So for those of you who are a little bit more interested in the uh, the detail, I suppose, of how languages or how language works, um, then you may find that How Language Works by David Crystal is an interesting read for you. It's a little longer um, and, yeah, it is a little more technical, I would say, in how it's written. Um, so probably not your summer read, unless you're someone like me who likes to read things like this over summer. <laughs> <laughs> Can you can you dip in and out though? Can you go to yeah, a chapter totally. and say this this is the chapter I'm interested in? I'm going to yeah, read this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So like it, it will yes, yeah, you can. I would say like the list of so the actual chapters of this book it's split up into like spoken language, written language, sign language, language structure, mm. discourse, dialects, things like that, multilingualism. Um, and basically each of those sections has a bunch of smaller chapters underneath them, which even go it goes like into things like how do we like how do we transmit sound? How do we hear speech? It's so it's kind of a, a, quite a lot of it is like actually about anatomy and how how it is that our body's kind of process language mm-hmm. um so yeah one for one for those who in like a like a little bit of technical detail oh that sounds cool mm. yeah from your boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know Ooh, don't 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 tell anyone don't tell Chris <laughs> no he knows he, he, he's aware <laughs> 
I mean, this is a book that I came across online, but I haven't read it yet. And I don't know whether you've you've read it, Beck. It's called Languages Are Good For Us by Sophie Hardak. Oh, H-R- I haven't read this, no. H-A-R-D-A-C-H is her surname. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I was, I was drawn to it, I mean, the title, obviously, <laughs> Languages Are Good For Us, um, but that in the in the the tagline for the book it says this is a book about languages and the people who love them and mm-hmm. um the linguistic threads that connect us all um and i thought all oh, this sounds like it's only recently published i think just um maybe about five or six months ago um so pretty new book um but yes i thought i would throw that in because that could be one for our to read list Yes, definitely. It sounds that sounds great. I'll look it up after this. Yep. Sounds good. Um what else what what else is on your list, Penny? Well, talking about on my to read list is mm. well there's a couple of things, but something that I've got sitting right here on my desk is um a fairly new book as well called The Yield by Tara June Winch which you may have heard because it was, um, you know, really well awarded um, when it was released in 2020. But the reason why I am excited to to read this book is it's particularly about um, reclaiming and renewing Indigenous languages with a particular focus on the Wiradjuri language, which is obviously if you've listened to the podcast, you'll know that um, I will be going to Wiradjuri country in April and learning some Wiradjuri language, which is really exciting. So this will be a great book to read before the trip. Um, That sounds great. I feel like maybe you've told me about it before. Otherwise, I'm sure somebody else has told me about this book. I don't think it was me, but I'm sure someone else has because, yeah, heaps of publicity and heaps of, yeah, awards Mm. and really good good feedback on this book. So I will let you know how it is when I have read it. Anything on your to-read list? Um, yes, I have a few on my to read list at the moment. Um, so one of them is a book I was given as a gift a couple of years ago. I still haven't quite made it around to reading it, but I, I will get there, I promise. Um, so it is called Empires of the Word. Mm-hmm. Um, and Empires of the Word, a language history of the world. It's by Nicholas Osler. Um, and it's basically a history of the world's great tongues. So it says. Um, so I think it's like, I mean, it sounds like absolutely right up my alley. Um, but yeah, all about the history of languages and I think how they have changed over time. Um, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to reading this one has been sitting on my, has been sitting on my bedside table for quite some time but very excited to read it it might get elevated to the top I know it might get elevated to the top now that I've now that I've literally just put it on the top of my pile <laughs> sitting here on my desk <laughs> oh that's funny um and then I've also got another book again just adding to the non-fiction pile here so god this this must be why we're good friends Penny because I feel like we are like interested in the same things but like yin and yang 
Yin and yang. Yin and yang. <laughs> um, the other one that I have sitting on my sitting on my bedside table right now is a book called How Languages Began, Ooh. The Story of Humanity's Greatest Invention. That's by Daniel Everett. Um, and, yeah, it's all about, I guess, how people – I think it's about how people began to communicate. Um, interestingly, actually, sorry, there was a third book that has been sitting on my to-read to list, um, which I think sits nicely alongside that one, How Language Began, and that's The Language Instinct by Steven Pinker. Some people might already know that it was a pretty well-known book in the 90s. Well, I think it came out in the 90s. Um, but that was all um, – it was a bit – controversial I'm not sure if that's the right word but I think I think it kind of um catapulted Steven Pinker a little bit to fame um in the 90s um because the premise of the book is that language is instinctual rather than acquired um and yeah a bit of a different way of thinking about things certainly at that point in time um but that is also on my list to read great I feel like we need to have a like a follow-up podcast once we've got through some of our to-read lists yes, to actually probably. debrief on the to-read <laughs> list books. <laughs> yes, exactly. Have you got anything else on your to-read list, Oh, Penny? I do, I do. Oh, what else? Um, I've actually got a bit of a theme in my to-read hmm. list, which is about Italy, which is not something oh. that I normally – read about but there's been a few books that have come into my zone and um and they're all about Italy one is I Heart Rome by Maria Pasquale so she is Australian and she has written about Rome but she's also a foodie as well so it's a lot about recipes and food and her life there and the other um actually I think one of the language lover community members might have popped this up but Ciao Bella um, Six Take Italy by Kate Langbrook. I was just like, oh, I remember that, you know, Kate Langbrook, a broadcaster, personality in Australia, moved to Italy just as the pandemic was kicking off in 2020 with her four children. Um, and I thought that could be quite a fun, a fun read to read. About. I love reading about other families' experiences overseas. Yes. Um. And another recommendation, again, about Italy, and this one um, my auntie recommended and she just loved how much Italian was in was in the book, set during the Second World War um, and it's called Still Life by Sarah Winman. Um, so I'm really looking forward to reading that as well um, because, yeah, Italy yes. must be – calling to me at some for some reason <laughs> well if you want to add another one to that list I actually do have a <laughs> book that is about Italian slash Italy um that I did read probably probably about a year and a half ago now um and it's called La Bella Lingua mm. um my Love Affair with Italian, the World's Most Enchanting Language. Um, that is a subtitle um, by Diane Hales. Um, that sounds and, great. Yeah, and I think I, I can't remember who it was who recommended this to me. Somebody recommended it to me and I went out and bought it. And, um, yes, it's all about Diane Hales's sort of journey with Italian um, and 
her, you know, she's been learning and kind of experiencing Italian for for decades um, and has a bit of a labour of love with Italy. So um, I think if you are interested in Italian, whether you are, especially if you are learning it, um, but again, maybe if, maybe even if you're not learning it, maybe if you just love travelling to Italy or if you've been there before and you want to kind of think about, reminisce about those times again, um, this is a good, this is a very good book for that. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. I must be so. adding that to my my little Italian pile that's sitting, yeah. sitting over here. Exactly. Um, something funny that I had on here, and I don't know how it popped into my head because, you know, I read it a while ago, but did you ever read the the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Society that was did not. a book, a novel, and then it got made into a film. Um, oh, I was going to say, I feel like this sounds familiar, but maybe it's because I've seen the title of the film before. So the film's only a few years old, I think. Okay. Um, anyway, the reason why, why it's on my list and it, did, it popped into my head was because, you know, the little island of, of Guernsey, and, uh, you know, there's a, there's a language, Guernsey, mm. how do I say Guernsey, something like that. Actually, I'm um, not sure. Guernsey. Someone will have to correct me. Um, but I remember thinking that the novel and the film kind of, you know, shone a spotlight on Guernsey as a place and an island, but also the history, the war history, when it was um, – occupied by by Germany during the war but then about about the language and you know the relationship with French and yeah so that's that's more of a a fun little fiction and even maybe a film if you don't feel like reading (laughs) yeah that sounds so fun I love that like I don't know books I do love books um and I really enjoy reading but like it's such a discovery when you find a great book that you want to read and it just transports you sometimes into a completely different place, um, you can have that sort of experience, a little bit of a like out-of-body experience, I don't know, when you read a good book that has a great story or a good story to tell. Yep, yep, agree. Yes. Is there anything else on your list there, Beck? Um, well, actually, I was just thinking about um, another book written by somebody who we have had on this podcast before. Um, Some of you might have listened to – actually, we had two episodes with this person, with Lindsay Williams, um, who has, I think, actually been our only double guest on on Language Chat so far. Probably the only person we've had on twice. Is that right? I was going to say we've had Kirsten Cable on twice, but maybe we haven't. Maybe she's only been on once. Maybe only once. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Lindsay might get the There you go. So – Lindsay, I think, yep, I think she's got the gong for the only person who's been on language chats twice apart from us. Um, and <laughs> um, she has written a book um, which was called Not a Year Off, um, the story behind language stories. Language stories is her podcast um, which she recorded ooh, a couple of years ago now. Yeah, just pre-pandemic. So it must have been like, yep. you know, 2018 to 2019. Yeah, and her um, she wrote a book about – so it was all about language stories, which was her podcast, but um, those language stories and um, and 
I guess this book is about the travels that uh, Lindsay went on with her husband um, in around about that time, probably yeah. 20, tw- I'm guessing 2018, 2019, 2017, 2018, around about, around about then. Um, and actually maybe earlier. I remember okay. that she was, she was actually abroad. <laughs> I lost all sense of time. <laughs> in all South time. America in 2018, because that there was when the first Women in Language Conference was held. Ah. You're and absolutely she was right. One of the co-founders, and I remember that she was co-hosting from Paraguay or somewhere. Yes, you yes. are absolutely right. So, yes, in that period of time, Lindsay and her husband were away traveling all around all different parts of the world. Um, and while they were on that big really exciting cool trip um they recorded lots of content for their podcast language stories and they put all of that together and Lindsay also wrote a book about it so if you want to hear well you can obviously listen to the podcast but also um if you want to hear more about the story um more about that time that they spent abroad um then you can read not a year off the story behind language some stories. amazing interviews in that podcast series it's also a video yeah. series as well they they oh, yes, they published a whole a whole bunch of videos that went alongside the podcast but just they met some amazing people with just mm. and so many you know new language stories i think for lots of people as well really would have been a huge <laughs> a huge undertaking yes. Absolutely. There were definitely some of the some of the episodes of that podcast um, like introduced to well, told me about languages, tell everybody about languages I had that I had never heard of before. Um, and that was really cool. It's cool learning about um, you know, some yeah, new well not new languages, some some languages I didn't know anything about previously, um, that maybe people don't talk about as much, um, but are still equally as interesting as a lot of the big popular ones that we do hear about more often. Um so yeah, if you're interested in learning more about that, then read Not a Year Off. But Penny, I think I'm pretty sure you have read that. I have, yeah. And yes. Yes. Yeah. Big recommendation. Yeah. Wonderful. Oh, what so a, many books. What a roundup. I feel like we've like <laughs> just bang, 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 bang. So, yes, the uh, show notes will be quite long with lots of yeah. links. <laughs> and hopefully a nice a nice photo of uh, Beck's book tower for us as yeah, well. <laughs> my book tower. I know of all of the things that have been read and still to be read and probably some things that I might need to read again. But, of course, <laughs> There are probably some books, there will most definitely be books that we haven't mentioned that you are loving or have loved. And we would love to hear from you about those books as well. So don't forget that you can get in touch with us in lots of different ways, but you can find us on Facebook, languagelovers.au, and also on Instagram. And of course, you can come and join our Facebook group, Language Lovers A Community, uh, AU Community. <laughs> and if you do want to get in touch with us just in the old look up a website and enter a contact form, um, you can. We are at languagelovers.com.au. Um, so you can find us there um, if you just want to, you know, send us a message, say hi, good old and email. If there is a language and language book lover in your life who might love to hear this episode, please share it with them. We love having more language lovers listen to language chats so thank you again for sharing with your friends and family yes um and we look forward to 
well, I guess speak. I was like, we're looking forward to speaking to you next time. Uh, we're speaking we'll to catch you. At you. <laughs> we will. We'll we'll see you next time. See you, hear you, speak to you, all of those things. <laughs> next time on the next episode of Language Chat. <laughs> we'll catch you in a fortnight. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening.